Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and this episode features a conversation with solo pianist Nick Gerp. His album is called The Macrocosmos 50 Project and this pays tribute to George Crumb's Macrocosmos Volume 1 for Piano Solo. And what Nick has done is he's taken the 12 tracks from Macrocosmos Volume 1, which was written in 1972, and he's found composers to write 12 tracks, each of which is inspired by the George Crumb collection. This is an absolutely fascinating project, and it really is a landmark of 20th century piano literature. So Crumb composed Macrocosmos Volume 1 in 1972 for his friend, pianist David Burge, and dedicated it to the composer Bella Bartok. And it's inspired by Bartok's Microcosmos, by Claude Debussy's Preludes, a bit of Chopin, a bit of Schumann. And then Nick Gerp, so he plays these 12 pieces, but then he's taken 12 new pieces that are inspired by those 12. It's absolutely fascinating. So this project celebrated the 50th anniversary of Macrocosmos Volume 1, and there are 11 composers, as well as Nick himself for the, as the 12, and they each write a response to one movement from the original. You don't have to know all of that to enjoy this collection of piano pieces, but it does make a fascinating story. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation that I'm about to have with Nick and enjoy some of the music. Welcome to Harmonious World. So I'm joined by Nick Gerp, solo pianist. We're going to be talking about the Macrocosmos 50 project, which is based on George Crumb's Macrocosmos Volume 1 for Piano. And this is a collection of the original and then pieces inspired by those 12 tracks. So I'm really excited to, to hear what Nick has to say about how that project came about. So welcome, Nick. Thank you so much for having me on, Hillary. Tell me about, so you knew David Burge, is that right, who this, the original was composed for? I unfortunately never met David Burge, but I had the fortune of studying Macrocosmos Volume 1 um, while I was a doctoral student at the University of Southern California with uh, Professor Stuart Gordon, who studied the piece with Burge. So uh. I was kind of... Uh, getting to know Burge uh, one step removed, so to speak. And Dr. Gordon is, uh, I mean, he's a consummate master of this piece. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons that I decided to uh, learn the piece and program it for a doctoral lecture recital was having heard 
Stuart Gordon play it in one of his uh, faculty recitals when I was an undergrad. So I was really inspired and kind of had that in my mind for several, year, several years afterwards. Do people play all 12 pieces or, do, or 12 sort of movements of it? Or but do people play one bit? It can be done either as a complete the complete cycle or it can be done individual movements. Um, I've heard kind of both ways, you know, sometimes people will program individual movements um, as part of a larger recital. And um, I've also seen where people will program both Macrocosmos Volume 1 and Volume 2, which was written the following year um, in 1973. And um, Crum talks about how having the two uh, volumes of Macrocosmos, um, at least the two solo piano volumes, um, each consisting of 12 movements is complementary to the two volumes of Debussy's Preludes. And so then what decided you to take this project that step further by commissioning new pieces? Well, I've performed this piece quite a bit um, over the years since my lecture recital. Um, I played it, uh, my debut recital for a, a piano series in Los Angeles called Piano Spheres. I, the crumb was the second half of that recital. And I've played it on a couple of different occasions um, since then. But I had put the piece away for a few years and then uh, just a couple of things in my life happened and started thinking about this music again and pulled it off of the shelf. Uh, this would have been like really early in 2021. And I started playing several of the movements again. And, um, you know, it had always been also floating around in my mind that I'd really like to record Macrocosmos Volume 1. Um, and I'd always kind of struggled with, okay, but if we're going to do an album, what do we record it with? And so I was practicing these pieces uh, in January of uh, 2021, and uh, it kind of occurred to me that, you know, hey, wait a minute, this piece was composed in 1972. 2022 will be the anniversary of, or at least the 50th anniversary of the composition of the work. Wouldn't it be cool to do this idea of having, you know, different composers write response movements to it? And so, um, I basically, I took this idea, my wife is a composer, and I just you know, walked over to the other room where she was uh, writing and I said, hey, does this sound like a cool idea to you? And she goes, do it. <laughs> so, of course, there was no turning back after that. And um, of course, she was then the first composer that I commissioned for the project. And um, it just kind of took off from there. Uh, the first composers that I, asked to write uh, pieces for me for the project were um, various close friends of mine. And then because I listened to a lot of new music, um, I kind of had a list of composers who I might want to have composed for the project, people who um, you know, I might not have ever worked with or didn't, didn't know in the first place. And so I just sent out a lot of messages and um, told people what I was doing and asked if they wanted to be a part of it. And, um, you know, even, even the ones who couldn't because of prayer commitments were really, really, really enthusiastic about it. Um, 
And so I think by the time uh, the end of summer of 2021 rolled around, I had my complete roster of composers uh, committed for the project. So it's actually been a very quick process. I mean, that's, you know, to, to get all of this completed and recorded and released within two years is really extraordinary. Yeah, it was a, a very, very, very quick timeline, um, to be sure. Yeah. I was just, you know, very, very fortunate that uh, I had such an amazing group of people wanting to compose music for this. And then also that, honestly, the reception from, you know, various venues and series um, who I proposed it to, people were really enthusiastic, like, all of them just thought, wow, what a, what a great idea. And so I was, you know, very fortunate also to be able to um, program it and tour with it in several different places. And, um, you know, uh, the, the recording process, we, we did it in two days. Um, the, the studio recording, we did crumb on one day and then the uh, 12 new pieces the next day. And, and that was, that was that. Wow. I mean, that's extraordinary, Nick, because these are very complex pieces. Yeah. Um, some of the new pieces particularly are really pretty, pretty tricky. It was a, a lot of, uh, a lot of practice time, but, uh, right. you know, the, they're, they're all such great music. It's such a, just an absolute pleasure to work on it. You know, just, at a certain point, it doesn't feel like work because it's just <laughs> fun to put this all together. And um, yeah, you know, the, everything just just felt so good to play. Yeah. Tell me about the composition because you composed Ghost of the Manticore, which is based on the Phantom Gondolier. How mm -hmm. did that how did you take the Phantom Gondolier and turn it into the Ghost of the Manticore? <laughs> <laughs> so um my, one of my favorite uh, artists, I would say growing up, but still to this day, um, is Keith Emerson from Emerson Lake and Palmer. Right. And, you know, the one of one of the many extra musical associations in Crumb's Macrocosmos is that every movement is dedicated to a different um, friend or colleague or family member or musical inspiration uh, born under a particular zodiac sign. So for instance, in Macrocosmos Volume 1, um, the 10th movement, the Aries movement, is dedicated to David Burge. And so, you know, you see the Aries symbol at the end of the movement, as well as DRB, the initials for David Burge. Um, and then the fifth movement, the Phantom Gondolier, the Scorpio movement, Crumb dedicates to himself, at least in the first volume. So you see the GHC at the end. And I had this uh, recollection that, wait a minute, Keith Emerson was a Scorpio too. And wouldn't it be kind of a fun thing to compose a, a piece that is... I guess for lack of a better description, a, a musical conversation between George Crumb and Keith Emerson. You know, so much of uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, one of the amazing things, of course, their original compositions are phenomenal, but um, their transcriptions of 
lots of great classical, especially 20th century composers are really, really remarkable. I mean, honestly, when I was a kid, my first exposure to the music of Bartok and Copland and Ginastero was, um, and Jana, Janacek also, was not through listening to the original music, but actually through Keith Emerson's kind of electrified transcriptions of all of this. And then I got very curious and thought, well, who are these guys? And uh, went and listened to the originals and uh, thought, wow, okay, that's the kind of music I want to be playing. And um, so anyway, it, this movement, the Ghost of the Manticore, um, really ended up being for me a, a tribute to these two uh, great musical Scorpios who were such influences on me and as well thinking, you know, what would it be like if uh, the two of them were having some kind of a musical dialogue? So, um, you know, there's there's bits of uh, Crumb's harmonic language and the piece is very, you know, kind of a virtuosic toccata sort of thing, um, a la Keith Emerson. So here we have an extract from Ghost of the Manticore by Nick Gerb. It, it is an extraordinary piece of music. Then what, that's one of the things that I like about the 12 new pieces is that they all stand alone as interesting pieces of music. Right. The, the link to the original is great, which is an intellectual thing, I guess, but actually they stand alone, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think any of these pieces can be played by itself out of the context of the entire cycle and work just fine on its own. Um, but, you know, one of the interesting things too in putting the project together, um, when, I, when I asked the different composers to write movements for me, um, you know, I didn't assign movements to anybody. I just said, you know, listen to the original Crumb and you know, give me a, maybe two or three of your favorite movements and um, two or three just in case there was some, you know, yeah. uh, conflict between people as far as wanting one specific movement. Fortunately, there wasn't any. Everybody just kind of picked and it wow. sort of worked out. Um, of course, you know, people were getting back to me at various times so I could say, well, you know, movement four is already taken, for example. Right. But um at any rate, 
I was getting the movements from people in dribs and drabs and completely out of order. Like, it, you know, it wasn't like I got anything sequentially. And uh, yeah, I think that the first movement I got um, that was completed was uh, Eric Ginevan's movement, the fourth movement, um, the uh, symbol movement. And then my wife, Juhi Bansel, um, gave me her movement second. And then um, I think Vera Ivanova gave me her movement, which is the first one, uh, Karkata. And um, anyway, so it was completely out of order. And, um, you know, I, was saying, I remember at one point, one of the composers had said, you know, if you're not assigning movements to people, and also I did, I told them not, not to communicate with one another as far as trying to write movements that were complementary of each other. Um, and one of the composers said, you know, you might run into issues with continuity in that case. And, you know, it was definitely a concern, but, you know, I thought I kind of wanted everybody just to, to respond to their individual movements in the, the most natural and organic way possible. And what was really cool is that as I started getting all of these movements and the, the, the puzzle pieces started filling themselves in, I was thinking, wow, you know, there's really a nice arc to this new set too. And then playing it beginning to end, finally, when all of the pieces were in, and it was really, really remarkable to me actually how well the whole new cycle works from top to bottom. So it was just a, a really interesting, yeah. I guess an interesting, uh, result that those pieces all work individually but also in an arc yeah yes so uh, performing them live have you done much of that so i will perform the the original crumb in its entirety as the first half of a concert um then take a little intermission and then do the new cycle as the second half of a concert um and that's that's worked really well. People seem to really, yeah, really enjoy that uh, that structure and that uh, that pacing. And you know, I had thought at one point to experiment with doing you know one movement of Crumb and one of the new pieces. Yeah, the pairings. Yeah, pairings. But you know, the thing the thing to me is that the Crumb itself is such a tight compositional arc from beginning to end that. I always feel kind of loath to break it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, yeah, no, I get that completely. Yeah. Because it's interesting listening to them, you know, listening to them in order, if you like. It, um, it does all make sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that piece, Macrocosmos 1, is, is, is so tightly composed. Um, there's just, there's so much that links the movements together uh, structurally and harmonically and then there are you know plenty of little thematic things that come back in various guises you know the piece uses the, the compositional technique uh, that we call cyclicism which means that you know uh, musical ideas and motives that are found in an earlier movement come back later on in the work and so there, there are just all of these threads throughout the piece that really hold it together. And uh, you know, one of the things I really find remarkable about a piece like Macrocosmos is that 
because of how tightly composed it is, the piece, you know, in, in performance lasts anywhere between 33 and 36 minutes, um, really depending on how much how much time you take in between the three big sections. But it doesn't feel like a half hour. It feels like it just flies by. Where can people hear you playing it so people can buy the album, obviously? And where will you be performing it live next? Well, I don't have any dates scheduled just yet. I'm still trying to work out a couple of uh, dates for the East Coast and then possibly a couple for Europe. But the new concert dates will appear on the project website, which is just uh, macrocosmos fifty dot com and then if people want to check out the uh the audio version of the album it's on spotify and itunes um, and amazon music as well as uh, bandcamp and then there's the video version of the album which i've put on my artist channel on youtube that people can check out and see brilliant fantastic well i'll put links to all of that on the show notes thank you so much for your time nick it's been a real pleasure to talk to you Likewise, thank you so much for having me on, Hillary. Thank you for joining me once more for Harmonious World, and I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Nick Gert. You can check out Macrocosmos 50 in the show notes. What you're listening to now is Dewey Bansal's Through Cracked Mirrors. Thank you for joining me once more on Harmonious World and I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. 
You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.